Thanks for joining us for another episode of Scrap the Sweet Talk podcast. You're listening to season three, which is entirely dedicated to all things health and wellness. We've got some really amazing guests lined up for you this season. And today we have Kelly Spencer, who is the owner of Indigo Lounge in Tilsonburg, Ontario, which how I would describe it is just a complete all-encompassing health and wellness center. And I love the variety of things that they offer there. And I'm just really excited to have her on the podcast. So welcome to the podcast, Kelly. Thanks so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Awesome. So let's get started on you telling us a little bit about who you are and how you got started and what you guys do in the health and wellness industry. Awesome. Well, thank you again for having me. Um, I grew up around health. Uh, My father was president of Tilsonburg Hospital for 20-something years. I grew up uh, wanting to be a registered nurse, and I ended up being a registered nurse for 20-something years. And slowly, I was starting to notice there was a missing piece to the puzzle. Not everybody wanted me to be helping them, or people were just looking for a quick fix without putting actual work into change in their life. Mm -hmm. And so um, I slowly was drawn a little bit more to that. When I had my children, I had therapeutic touch to smooth the energy field. And with my first uh, child, my daughter, people were like, oh, that sounds really crazy, witchy. What's going on there? And with my second one, the registered nurse in the St. Joseph's labor and delivery department was already certified and a good chunk of them were. And they were starting to see this mix of what we would call medicine or modern medicine with more holistic approaches. And then um, when my kids were young, uh, we, you know, delivered one of those life flows to us that was very traumatic. And part of my uh, healing journey came with yoga. And so my mom had bought me some yoga classes here in Tilsonburg. That was probably about 20, 20, five years ago now. And uh, I'd show up at these classes and I'd weep every time we got still. I'd love like, let's do a headstand. Let's get hard and physical and blah, blah, blah. And then as soon as we had to quiet our mind, I couldn't handle being alone with my thoughts. And I'd start to weep. And I, I just felt so awful because I'm sure everybody was like, what's going on over with this new chick? And, and the teacher would just say, you're here to heal. Do it how you need to. And so I felt um, I felt I was able to validate my feelings. And then I noticed the profound effects of, of doing just that. And so I started going, I need to share this. So I got certified in becoming a yoga teacher and I got certified in different energy healing modalities and uh, became an advanced uh, mindset life coach and all these other things. And then I started teaching yoga here in Tilsonburg at the Station Arts Center. That's where I started. Um, I started writing a wellness column for Post Media, which was in the Tilsonburg paper, but it's kind of a national post media. So it it showed up in like all over, which I didn't know for like three years of writing. (laughs) And then um, I opened my business in 2011. And it started out as a yoga studio. And I'm like, I want to make this more about wellness. And so I started kind of putting it out to the universe to bring me different uh, healing modalities that are a little bit different than, you know, calling up and I've got high blood pressure. What do I do here? Oh, a pill. Okay. Here. Don't get me wrong. If I, if I get in a car accident or if I'm having a heart attack, I'm not going to meditate or do some Reiki (laughs) on myself to heal. I'm going right to the hospital. (laughs) And I think there's a beauty with, with doing the two. Um, I think, um, you know, we, we are a society of quick fixes, but, um, you know, with my life coaching clients or even yoga clients and students, we didn't get to where we are in this moment overnight. So we shouldn't expect change like that. Not saying that can't change can't happen faster for some people, but, um, and so I opened, I opened up the business and we started bringing in naturopathic doctors and chiropractic doctors and acupuncture and massage and counseling and trauma counseling and energy healing and just anything that had to do with wellness. 
And uh, then my girlfriend and I, we'd always uh, do uh, date nights. Uh, my best friend and I, one of us would cook and the other would bring the wine or whatever. And uh, we'd always say, we need a, we need restaurants that like aren't deep fried. Like everything's not deep fried. And, but you can get like fairly quick and, you know, not like a sit down, uh, you know, eight course meal that costs you a couple hundred. And <laughs> yeah. So we, we started getting these ideas and my, I come from a family of cooks. Uh, my aunt had a catering business. So I just started to gather all these recipes through the years. And it was actually, um, I had opened the business, but I hadn't opened the restaurant and I was sitting on a rock in, um, and when I say a rock, I mean like the size of a room, uh, that was just inside of the Caribbean, uh, sea, uh, the rock was, you had to climb and, and climb up at, oh, cool. in, um, uh, Mexico on this Island called Isla Mahera, Island of Women. And I was sitting on this rock meditating and it, it, all this information started coming to me, like get your yoga teacher, open, uh, an eatery, uh, have a bookstore with inspirational books, uh, you know, run some workshops that make people feel good when they leave. And so, uh, you know, it, I started uh, learning the power of my own mindset to manifest what I want in my world. And some days I can't keep up. <laughs> I, days that. That I just get all these calls of like this yeah. week alone, um, we're going to be bringing new a. Uh, uh, Punjami uh, eating experience, which is a um, northeastern Indian food experience to the restaurant. Um, I think uh, embracing creativity and diversity and all of those things are good for our health. Uh, we've got some Bollywood uh, classes coming. We do oh, paint fun. nights, anything that makes people feel good. And it's a very holistic approach. So even the word yoga, so I think in North America, we kind of get into this uh, yoga is like, look what I can do. <laughs> like, you know, stick our heads or foot it's up above very our head physical. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And and the, the physical practice is wonderful, but the word yoga itself uh, is Sanskrit for the uh, word Y-U-J. I'm going to say that the J is probably canceled uh, or not pronounced, and it's probably just you. And But when you break it down, it means the yoking of all of you, your body, your mind, your heart, your spirit, your energy, your breath, all of it is connected. And so that's what I've attempted to do with uh, Indigo Lounge Wellness and Eatery. Wow. That's amazing. I love, I love the story of how that came about. And I love that you were meditating and then that came to you because I think that only happens when you're in a space of receiving that kind of information and stuff like that. So I always, I think that those stories are my favorite to hear. I love them so much. Um, yeah, so yeah. That's really cool that you, so I, I don't know if, I know we talked a little bit before the podcast started, but you were a registered nurse before you started this business, which I just think is really, really cool to have the background in healthcare partnered with the new holistic uh, approach. And you were talking about how you feel like they're going to be coming together soon, or they've already started to kind of come together, which is amazing to see because for a long time, they've been so disconnected. And honestly, if we can live in a world where they're both paired together with, like you said, the medicine, when you need it to, when you get in a car accident, you need some pain meds um, paired with the healing of what our bodies actually, our bodies, minds, and spirits actually need. So I love your background. I think that is so cool that you do that and that you've built this beautiful business around it too. Um, Thanks. And, and what I can say to that is that um, some of the stuff, when we, when we do things that create more wellness and joy, whether it's a painting class or a meditation class or a massage or whatever, um, we are healthier. We, we are just overall healthier. It's a higher vibrational energy to be in a place of joy rather than um, distrust or anger or any of those things. That's why uh, we can get sick more. So there's also a preventative side to taking care of your joy and wellness. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will say, too, that um, and I actually forgot about this uh, until we were talking about it right now. So I do. Um, mindset coaching um, as an advanced life coach. And in the past two years during the pandemic, 
mind, uh, mindfulness mindset has come to the forefront. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I do public speaking, usually at schools or businesses. But in the past two years, I've spoken for the two and for the doctors and uh, nursing staff at London Regional Cancer uh, awesome. Clinic, uh, to the staff at Ingersoll Hospital, Tilsonburg Hospital. Um, I work with um, all of Oxford County paramedics, the fire departments. Um, and, and it really is starting to be embraced that wellness is wellness. And sometimes we need, you know, for instance, blood pressure. If you have too much of the high blood pressure, you could have a heart attack or stroke and, and you might need the medication, get to your doctor, but then what? What are you doing to shift why you got there? What is the root cause and what can you do about it? Some of that is stress load, learning how to reduce your stress, uh, um, emotional management, uh, balancing your nervous system. I swear to God, all of our nervous systems are whacked in the last three years. Like it's just been so divisive and uh, scary. And um, there's been so much change for us to all process Mm -hmm. um, that many people were forced to be alone with their thoughts, kind of like I was on the mat, you know, and crying. And, and many people discovered that their relationships weren't healthy or their relationship with their job wasn't as uh, satisfying as they needed it to be. And so there's many silver linings of the past few years uh, through that awareness. Yeah, it's so true. And then a lot of people that was almost their first time alone with their thoughts. And I like for me, I'm more of an introverted person. So I'm with my thoughts very comfortable all the time. I'm more so internalizing my thoughts. But for a lot of people, it's so true. True. That was the first time they were ever alone or with their partner that they realized maybe not the right fit for them and stuff like that. And it really was a, a an eye-opening experience. And I do think that that's as, as difficult as it may have been for some people, like a blessing in disguise. Right. And I think that that's, it just shows like how disconnected we are as a society as well. Like when it comes to, to human connection and stuff like that and how heavily we rely on that. Um, so I love what you're doing. I think it's amazing that you're talking to the healthcare and you're doing public speaking for that because, uh, people need that kind of education more than anything else right now. I think that that's, and and, and it is so like, it's everything. It changes your mindset changes everything. It changes your health, doesn't it? Like physically it can actually change Like on a cellular level. Yeah. We can shift ourselves through mindset. It, yeah. it, it's, it's been proven. Um, the Dr. Sarah Lazar, a Harvard university, um, professor, uh, was doing um, a, a marathon and there's been over thousands of studies done, but I love her story because she was doing a marathon and she had torn a hamstring. And so she was prepping for this marathon and uh, all her colleagues said, well, you should try yoga and get a good stretch. And she's at yoga. And she said she initially was finding it a little annoying because yoga teachers tend to have a slow and quiet voice. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd like get, get on with the stretch. But then she started to notice how calm she was feeling. So she actually did a study with a test group and a a group that did mindfulness, um, a certain mindfulness practice for eight weeks. And they did MRIs of their brain before and after. It totally changed their brains. Totally. Better stress management uh, focus, better focus, better uh, cognition and memory retention, information retention, better uh, interpersonal skills. Uh, One of the... um, patients that she was working with uh, mid to late fifties, their gray matter increased to that of a 20 something year old. Wow. That's like, insane. So I've, I've done talks it, for yeah. Alzheimer's and Parkinson's society because they're, they don't really have anything out there for the brain in that regard. That's so true. I think I've I've watched a lot of documentaries on that from uh, the Gaia app. I don't know if you're familiar with that app, but it's got a lot of documentaries and and different things, wellness related documentaries. So I watched a lot where they actually show scientific evidence of meditation, like growing the telomeres in your brain and actually making your brain grow and, and develop and stuff like that just from 
sitting still and not thinking and meditating, um, which, you know, our society has a really hard time doing, unfortunately. So yeah, disconnecting is very, very important. Even taking that few moments a a day just to like, how do you want to feel or how do you feel like getting to know yourself a little bit better and what's going on in your world. There's a reason why the sleeping pill industry is a billion dollar industry. We go, 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 go. We've glorified busy and we're like, oh, I can't even wait to get to bed. I'm so tired. And then our head hits the pillow and then our mind goes playing out everything that we've tried to process throughout the day, but haven't, haven't taken the time, haven't had the time, whatever it is. Yeah, no, that's such a great point. And it's so true. So what kind of advice could you give to somebody who maybe is interested in kind of learning more about this this whole wellness thing, but they don't know where to start and they're not really familiar with anything. Like where's a good base level starting for somebody? Um, Well, any of the practices, like especially being mindful of where you're at can be done by anyone anywhere. And um, there was a saying I heard years ago that I've always enjoyed that um, praying is talking to God or to the universe and meditation is listening. And when we listen, we, when we get still, when we can, um, check in with ourselves, take inventory. How do I feel in my body? Is there tension anywhere? Um, am I eating, uh, mindlessly or am I eating mindfully? Does what I eat feel good in my body or is it causing me havoc? Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I rebelled against gluten intolerance for years and and just paid for it and still do from time to time. But (laughs) um, just getting still and checking in with yourself. How do I feel? What kind of emotions have I been having lately? Am I satisfied with my life? What's my stress level? If we could just get quiet and ask a few questions and just wait for the answers um, or even check in with ourselves, put our hands on our heart. What do I need today? We might get answers we're surprised with. We might, Oh, I should go for a walk. I don't feel like going for a walk. We go for a walk and then, you know, something beautiful happens or, or something like that. So true. I love that. And so you've been on, you've been on your own like wellness journey for, for probably quite some time now, since you've been in that business for a while. So what inspires you to stay committed to your health and wellness during difficult times when you, do you ever feel like quitting or giving up on it? Or how do you push through the hard times? Um, well, the pandemic was, uh, definitely one of those times where there was a fork in the road and you could go down a slippery slope or you could uh, make some changes. And so what I've discovered is, uh, and, and through the pandemic as well, if I take that time to be still, to check in with myself, to make sure I'm doing things that uh, nurture myself. When we talk about consumption, we often think of food, but it's whatever we're consuming around us, the conversations, the the programming, the news, the Facebook or whatever. Um, When I took care of myself and got still, that's when I got inspiration. And what I mean by that is like, so I have a business where we were all like the whole thing was shut down because it wasn't deemed essential. Um, then we could do takeout only at our restaurant. I, I couldn't do my yoga classes and meditation classes anymore. So I took it online. Nice. Um, I opened a patio. I've been open the 12 years this June. I have no idea. I have a beautiful lawn at my business. I had no idea why I'd never built a patio. Yeah. And I thought, well, if you have a patio, you should get a liquor license. So then I reached out to local breweries, local wineries to carry again, that local sourcing. And I, I I did well. I, I got through it, n- not just survived it, but I actually did well. And I grew in what I offered and what I could do. And, and I started doing more free talks and that led to more like just out of not, um, not with the purpose of I'll do some free talks and hopefully I'll get some jobs. Yeah. Uh, but with a real compassion that people are going through a hard time. 
Yeah. And so I started doing these free talks. And then next thing I know, I was doing public speaking uh, like this on a Zoom for an entire county for Bell Let's Talk Day or um, for entire schools or whatever. And I honestly believe that when we can get still and start to control our mind rather than our mind control us, or maybe even more accurate, our thought feelings control us because the thought creates a feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, then we we have we can we can hang on to the reins and, and steer where we want to go rather than this randomness that some people feel life is hard and can't believe this has happened yeah. you know that, that stuff does happen for sure yeah. but then our response to it is everything yeah and especially like you said that stuff's going to happen regardless so why not be intentional when you can be intentional and take control of the things that you are able to control like your healthy eating your fitness and your mindfulness and all of those things those are going to set you up to be able to better withstand those situations (laughs) such as covid um that you know that's out of your control but because you've done the work and because you are mindful and you're aware of how to help yourself through those times that really sets you up to be able to better uh, handle problems and situations that arise regardless as opposed to if you're just you know like in a washing machine of trouble all the time you're stressed out you're tired and you make really poor decisions in that terrible state that you're in. So, right. um, and especially with food and stuff too, like whatever you're putting in your body. And I love that you brought up the, the media consumption thing, because I don't think as a society, we really realized the severity of that until COVID until we were bombarded with Justin Trudeau talking every single day, scaring the living shit out of us. Right. Um, and like, it was just, we realized at that time, like, Hey, maybe this is not so great for our mental health and our well-being and and things like that scrolling on facebook and stuff seeing everybody all pissed off and depressed all day right. um, so i think that was another silver lining in it too it really kind of awoke our society up to be like what are we consuming and why we were in control of that ultimately and, um, and that's the huge i think that's such a valid point where what we're in control of yeah that's that's such a huge point because we're a codependent society Mm-hmm. In the sense that we want everybody to think like us mm-hmm. or we're not happy. Like if this pandemic didn't show that where yeah. people were running around and you need to think like me. And if you don't, then I hate you and I'm going to call you names rather than just taking care of your own health. Yeah, that's so taking care of your own needs, what you're consuming, whether it's food, whether it's conversations. Um, you know, my girlfriend and I tried to lighten up the pandemic Facebook uh, social media chat. So we started doing quarantinis. So we would do like a live chat on Facebook with a drink and just talk about how we're coping with our kids or, uh, you know, our, you know, fitness world and, you know, what we're doing to stay sane and uh, try and make light of some of the, the craziness that it got to during the pandemic. Yeah. And I think, I think though we're not in control of everything, there is so much that we can actually put intention behind to set us up for success. So I I don't know. I think a lot of people in our society feel kind of helpless or they almost don't know how good they could feel if they made those changes too. So it's like their, their level of normal is so low that they don't even realize that, Hey, if I implement some healthy eating or some meditation or some yoga, you can really, really heighten your vibration. Like you were talking about heighten your happiness level. And I totally believe, like you said, like with your, your happiness is related to your health and your longevity too, because it does affect you on a cellular cellular level. And I don't think that a lot of people realize that, or a lot of people just think that they're fine and they're down here when they could be way up here, but they just don't know any different. Right. Absolutely. Like, um, doctor, have you heard of Dr. Emoto Mansura? No, but it sounds like I should. Or no, Dr. Mansura Emoto. Emoto is his last name, E-M-O-T-O. Okay. I may have He's heard of him. He's a Japanese scientist that worked okay. with water crystals. Oh, and okay. he started to notice that 
<clears throat> everything is affected. So if I have a bottle of water beside me and I'm feeling, let's say, super angry and resentful, if they took the water from my bottle and put it in a microscope, it would be like jagged okay, and then yes. like kind of crazy looking. I did hear about that. That is yeah, so and, it, and people like would put love on their bottle and it would change it all together. The molecules of the water. Um, Dr. Um, uh, Greg Braden, uh, is he a doctor? I'm not sure. Greg Braden, uh, he also has bridged science to um, more of the witchy woo world in the sense of energies. But um, they did studies with the U.S. Army showing that our DNA, when we're mad, angry, fearful, the DNA shrink down and the circuits shut off. When we are in higher frequencies, like the frequency of fear, I think is like 28 hertz, like Mm -hmm. measurable hertz, whereas not like out hurts but h-e-r-t-z and then when it's in love it's like 500 and so they showed that they could take the dna from somebody put it under a microscope put a movie up or the news or whatever have them go into um um, a a fear response and, and their dna under the microscope scope would shrink And then as soon as they would put something on the TV or or the movie that showed love or gratitude or hope, the DNA would lengthen. And we literally have trillions of DNA in our body responding to everything we're doing all day long. And, um, you know, when we talk about food and I think you had talked about earlier about that 80, 20 rule, um, you know, I say to people like, Take care of your mind and the rest will start to fall into place. Um, For instance, even in yoga, Patanjali, who wrote this yoga sutras, it's kind of like a book of yoga laws or philosophies, uh, says that meditation is the reason why we do all the yoga poses so that our body isn't stiff and sore and we can sit in meditation longer. Most people, if they've never done yoga, when they come to sit down on their mat, they're like trying to not fall over because their hips or back or hamstrings or whatever type. And that meditation is 10,000 times more powerful than the yoga piece. So even when it comes to food, um, we can restrict our diets, we can exercise hard, but if we're not changing the root cause, Mm -hmm. then not much is going to change. So if you're going to eat by the way, did you make those cupcakes that are on your page with the flowers and the? Yes, aren't they so? Pretty? Oh my gosh, they're so fun. <laughs> yeah, I, I looked. I was looking at those. But if you're going to eat the cupcake, those gorgeous cupcakes, take in their beauty, take mm-hmm. in their flavors, and love them. But don't eat it and feel guilt over yeah, it or resentment because you ate a cupcake. Yeah. Eat it and love it. Yeah. And feel you deserved it. And, and all of a sudden, everything's going to shift. When we change our thoughts, everything around us shifts. That is so true. That gave me goosebumps because it's such a true fact. And it's such a problem with our society. Like it's insane how many people feel guilty about that or the opposite where they don't even think about it at all. And they just eat all of the cupcakes instead of just having one, you know? Right. Oh my gosh. It's 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 kind of a saying you're either eating or living mindfully or mindlessly. Yes. When we're, we're not being mindful, we're being mindless and and we're on autopilot and we're not taking care of our emotions or our choices or we're blaming and there's more blame involved uh he did that he did that and we all have a choice you feel like our society is more so in the in that zone of kind of being unaware and kind of just going through the motions would you say um yeah uh, yeah, like <clears throat> I always tell this story and it's a little bit funny, but I was at the four way stop um, a few years ago at um, Lisgar Avenue concession. And, you know, when you get to a four way stop and everybody gets there and everybody yeah. goes, you go, you go, you yeah. go. Well, I just kind of get there. And if if there's any like pause, I just start going. Yeah. And this guy was in the car like to my left and I, my son was with me, who's like an older teenager at this time. And uh, I go. 
And this guy in the car, that cat there at the same time, you could see by his face, like his windows were up, but he was not happy. He's yelling and swearing. He's flipping me the bird and carrying on. And I gave him the peace sign and I smiled at him and my son went, oh my God, you're so organic. And I just said, no, but let's, let's think about this. I left a stop sign five, maybe five seconds before him. And he is mad. He's mad. He's going down the road. He's probably going to go wherever he's going to his home or his job and tell everybody about this witch at a stop sign that like he's creating more lower vibrational, smaller DNA thought feelings. And therefore it's all connected mind, body, heart, financial, uh, energetic, spiritual. It's all connected. Yeah, I agree. And it's so true. And it, and it does just trickle through your day. And that's why oftentimes you'll find that those people are just like that chronically, like that's kind of their personality. They're, they're just, they're going through life angry and miserable and it doesn't matter what happens in their life or, you know, the most positive fun things could happen. And they're always going to be the one to find like something to complain about, um, or be unhappy with it. And, you know, vice versa with, with very positive positive-minded people too, they're always looking for the silver lining and even the hardest situations as well. So it's, it goes both right. ways. And it's like, at the end of the day, which, which side do you want to be on? Do you want to be on the one that's more positive and high vibrational and attract bigger, better things into your life? Or you want to stay down here and it's, it's no fun being down there. So no. And, and for some people, it's hard to shift. It really is yeah. because um, I, I teach a certified life coaching program and um, we talk about, we have our consciousness, we have our subconsciousness, and then we have our collective or our field energy. And we've been raised certain ways with certain values. There's, there's no doubt that people that are, let's say, born in a racist home probably end up racist yeah. like, or people that have been taught to eat food from a box yeah. Um, or go through drive throughs as a, a, you know, a substantial amount of their meals will continue to do so. Um, those uh, families that valued, you know, sitting down together and having meals and, and cooking with um, real ingredients yeah. uh, that we can pronounce, they probably will continue to do that. So we have our consciousness that we go, yeah, I want to do that. Sometimes our subconscious holds us back. And those are the blocks that sometimes we can figure out. Sometimes we need to work through, uh, sometimes just chatting with a friend or sometimes, you know, a life coach or a therapist or whatever. And then we, we do need to look at where we came from and maybe why we are the way we are. Doesn't mean we can't change. Uh, it doesn't mean we need to blame anybody from our past. It just gives us a better understanding of, of how we became who we are. Yeah, that's so true. Um, And I think a lot of people, they stay kind of stuck in that mentality of, of this is who I am and they don't feel like, or think that they can change. Um, But ultimately anyone can change any trait like that. And it's a learned skill. Like all of the, all of the things that you're talking about um, it, it's rare to be born into a family like that. And, and I wish it wasn't rare, but it, it, it is in our society. And so it is almost like a learned skill. So you have to kind of start from where would you suggest people start with that? Is it unpacking their, their beliefs, their limiting beliefs, or is it, would you suggest working on the meditation part first? Where would people start if they're kind of, you know, they have a willingness, let's say, cause you have to start with that obviously. Um, and where would they kind of go from there? They they're willing, but they don't know. Well, uh, kind of the quick definition, and this is where I tell everybody to start the quick definition would of mindfulness is present moment awareness of what is as it is. And here's the key part without judgment, okay. where we are right here and right now without judgment. Um, it's hard to get to where you want to go if you're like, you know, let's say it's weight issue or like, oh, I'm like so gross. And that's not very inspiring. So yeah. instead of beating yourself up, judging yourself up, 
wherever you are right now, simply observe it. Wow, isn't that interesting? This is where I'm at. I'm pretty stressed out right now. And um, I'm, I'm struggling in a few different relationships in my life. I wonder what that's all about. Maybe I should, you know, how am I been feeling lately? What's my stress level? How am I eating? Am I sleeping? And looking at exactly gathering as much information as you can about yourself um, in this moment and start from there. That's the best place That's to start. A great point. Yeah. We, we often talk about when we're, we're dating with somebody, we want to get to know them. And I know like my partner, Justin and I, when we first met, we would text each other 20 questions. Remember that game 20 questions? Yeah. Yeah, that's and fine. we would just like random questions. We'd ask each other. We should start having that love affair with ourselves, get to know ourselves better. What makes us tick? What, what's our pet peeves? Where do we feel inspired? Who inspires us? When do we feel our best? When do we feel tired, uh, worn down? Really getting to know ourselves is the first step. Yeah. Present I moment think- awareness of where we are right here, right now, without judgment. Yeah, that's really, really helpful and really great tips because I think a lot of people, they, they want, they may want to make a change in their life, but unless they take inventory of kind of what's going on right now and where they're at and and just being present with their thoughts is something that's new to a lot of people in general, right? Because we're very used to having the thoughts, but not even giving them a thought, which is weird and ironic, but that's like how we, right. And many people have been told that their thoughts and feelings are dumb or invalid or unimportant. Yeah. So who cares what anybody else outside of ourselves? Let's just have this love affair with ourselves. And then the next step I would say is pick one thing. So many times we go, I want that. And it's way up here. We're here. And that's a big jump. And we might be motivated at first to go, I want to get there. But then a couple steps in, we might be like, wow, this is hard work. It's taking a while. And and, uh, so I always say, pick one thing and make one small change. Just start there. When that one gets comfortable, add another. Don't judge yourself if you fall off the tracks. Just pick something else or get back on um, and just keep honoring yourself where you're at. And remember that all of this, whether it's a meditation practice or just living life, it's all a practice. We use Mm -hmm. the word practice because it's never done. It's never a perfection. We never stop learning and growing. Uh, If we're not growing, we're dying. So just be patient with yourself. Pick one thing, take that next step. When it feels comfortable, take another one and let your heart speak to you where you want to go. Never mind what, you know, your bestie's doing or your sister's doing or whoever, anybody else is doing. What's the best next step for you for your greatest good, your highest wellness possible. Yeah, that's really, really great tips. And I I think too, like you were saying, one of the most important things is learning how to, how to make it a journey instead of a a goal and a destination, because we don't have enough grace for ourselves. We want to, we have this image of like perfection or, or the hustle culture or, you know, go, go, go all the time. And we have zero grace for our our humanity. <laughs> and yes. so, you know, we, we end up hitting a wall because we want to go all in and go hard. And when you're starting from zero, you have to really slowly work your way up and build those habits so that you can kind of stack onto those habits and, and make it a longevity journey, as opposed to, I want to lose 50 pounds for my sister's wedding or something, right. um, you know, it's, it's really unrealistic. And I think having that being mindful is really important and also having the patience and grace with ourselves, which we're so much harder on ourselves than we are, you know, our friends or family members and stuff like that. You know, you half the time you would never say the things that you would talk to yourself about to your family. You wouldn't tell them that they were fat or ugly or stupid or anything. Um, but that's how people talk to themselves. And it's really sad. Yeah. And, and unfortunately, a, a lot of women more so. Um, I, I think it's equal with men, not maybe not equal 50 50, but um, I know the Dove campaign did a study on this that on average, a woman has insulted herself three times before 9 30 a.m. Wow. 
Um, and, and so years ago, I started to kind of tap into what you're talking about. And I developed a workshop that I do once a year or every other year called the self-compassion diet, because sometimes we just need to change our wording to say, I need to lose 50 pounds for my sister's wedding. There's pressure. There's like this grasping to it, even to say, I need to lose uh, 20 pounds sounds and feels very different than I intend to make some changes in my life so that I feel happier. Yeah. I just feel so the true. difference in the two, right? Yeah. hundred percent. That's so true. I love that. So how do you balance, um, the healthy lifestyle, the wellness, the fitness and, and healthy eating and stuff like that with treating yourself or having fun here and there? Like what's your, what's your take on that and how you balance that? <laughs> Well, I think everybody is individual. I tend to work well with being busy. <laughs> like, I, you know, I, my kids are in university um, or beyond now. Um, my stepkids are kind of, you know, they're here half the time. Um, and my partner's busy with them when they're here. And um, I've always been one of those people that's busy. Like, just to add to my plate this year, I thought the political arena needed a little bit more compassion and kindness. So I ran for council and I'm on the town council council now. Um, I just tend to run better with busy, but I also need to balance it. As you said, some people will need to balance with bigger days off Mm -hmm. or longer times away from it. I can get a, a walk in the park or in the forest and feel myself go from here back to here the beach the water that's my place to go if I can't get there if I don't have time even taking like a 45 minute bath seems to set me straight everybody will be a little bit different the fortunate thing is we don't need equal time for the most part of work and play Uh, we can just grab a little bit so I I enjoy the things I enjoy. I love, I'm a foodie. I love going out for dinner. So that's kind of a thing I like to do on weekends. But I think everybody just needs to figure out what they can live with, how busy they are, and what fills them up in their spare time, uh, the easiest and the quickest, most effective ways. I love music. Uh, where you know my partner and I are big fans of going to the local pub if there's somebody mm-hmm. singing, or you know to concerts or whatever. So those are kind of my pick. The other thing I would say is um, I'm in my fifties now and I just don't give a shit as much about my roles. (laughs) And, and I'm glad to see that the culture is now embracing that a woman isn't fat free (laughs) and that it's normal. I saw this perfect meme this summer that said, you know, it showed a girl sitting and like she, she was a healthy woman. I'm a healthy woman. Am I a perfect body? Absolutely not. (laughs) And, and I don't know if it's age or my practice, but I'm at a point now where I just don't care as much. That's awesome. That's so I don't want to get unhealthy and I can feel when I get unhealthy, whether it's physical food, emotional, mental, whatever, and I have to take care of it. But I, I seem to be a little less worried about what I look like and what anybody else thinks about me. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. And I, I, you know, I think that more people should get to that point earlier on. In their lives. I yeah. don't know. It's such a great point to be at. Um, but yeah, you are a beautiful person inside and out. Oh, I, this is our first you. time meeting and talking and I just love your energy so much. Uh-huh. Um, and I wanted to go back to kind of your point on the, you're saying like the busyness part of it, because I think that there's a difference too, in, in being, being busy with things that fulfill fill you and that you truly, truly love. And then also people being busy with things that they feel obligated to do. And I feel like a lot of times our society is like busy, but not busy doing the things that they love because I find I'm busy, but I'm loving what I'm doing. And I get the sense that you're busy and you love what you do. Um, and it's less draining. So you need less time to recover from that too. Whereas if I was busy doing things that did not fulfill me, I would be drained and I would need more self-care. So can you touch on that and how to, how to be more intentional with your busyness? 
Let your emotions be your guidance system. So imagine your uh, GPS in your car. And if you took a wrong turn, it would go, you need to redirect. (laughs) Imagine that our emotions, when we took a turn to do something and and we started to not necessarily pay attention to um, a road GPS, but an emotional GPS. How do I feel now that I've taken this turn? If it is in um, inconsistently or consistently uh, not fulfilling you, then why are you doing it? <laughs> why are you doing it? We tend yeah. to, like, I, I hear so many parents like, oh, I'm so busy. Joey's got piano and he's got soccer. He's got hockey on Monday and Tuesday is swimming. And, and I'm just like, oh my goodness. <laughs> One, you don't seem happy with it. So I'm pretty yeah. sure Joey's not. Yeah. Um, so the, using your emotions to guide you, does it feel good at what you're doing? And if it doesn't, why are you doing it? Um, I like to use the fog analogy, F-O-G. If you're in the fog, it's not working. Fear, obligation, guilt. If it's one of those, if that's why you're doing what you're doing, then you seriously need to question why you're still doing it. Um, and we have glorified busyness and we, we've stopped talking about how we are and what we're doing. I have a friend that, um, you know, and we've kind of not become friends slowly over the years because you'd say, hey, how's it going? And she'd say, well, good. I got up at 7 a.m. and I've done three loads of laundry and I've cleaned the house and I've fed the cats and I gardened. And, and she tells me all of the things she's Do done. List. Yeah. And years ago, I went and saw uh, Dr. Wayne Dyer speak and he said, for goodness sakes, we're human beings, Mm. not human doings. Quit talking about what you're doing and talk more about what you're being. How are you? How do you feel? What are you doing to be you? And if it's, if you're just doing stuff to do it, because, you know, everybody else in your kid's grade is doing that, or everybody else is going to the gym and you can't stand it, then quit your gym and find something that feels good yeah. to let you be you rather than just do it. I love that whole idea of, of, of being instead of doing, because it's so true. Whenever, even just for example, if we're interacting with somebody for the first time, let's say you meet somebody at a networking thing, the first thing you usually ask somebody is, oh, what do you do for a living? Like, why, right. why do we do that? Like, it doesn't matter. It's probably the least interesting thing about you. <laughs> There's probably yeah, so right. And then, and then we formulate judgments, like yeah. based on what they say, oh, you're a oh, politician, yeah. you're a <laughs> Like, like you can even see people's faces. uh, It's so true. I know it's crazy. And I, so I love that. Like, um, like talking about your feelings and how your, your energy is feeling and stuff like that. Uh, I'm going to use that going forward. I think that that's really beautiful thing to, to, to implement. And uh, that's awesome. So how, how can listeners and and you being a a coach and stuff like that, I'm sure you get this often when people come to you for help, but then they have all of these excuses that you know that they're excuses, but it's kind of their reality. Um, So how do you navigate that and and kind of get them, pull them out of their excuses or get them to at least see them as excuses? Most often our blocks, if we've consistently tried to make changes and we keep coming to roadblocks, most often it's because the block is subconscious. Mm. If it were conscious, then most of us would just ride through the blocks, right? Like, you know, I'm going to lose 20 pounds and I have done it, (laughs) but we're just these onion layers. We have so many layers, like whether it's growing up or whether we learn to self-soothe with food or, or whatever, um, we can, we can one start to observe our behaviors. So I help people replace uh, behaviors sometimes. So even for myself, um, I'll tell you during the pandemic, I had gained, uh, I think what most people gained, you know, a pandemic pudge, I called it yeah. where <laughs> we're just not as active. We're yeah. sitting more. It's a normal response to not moving as much as we move. Yeah. Yeah. So whatever it is, what it is. But what I did notice was I was working a lot from home and for me to signal 
my body, mind, and heart that I'm done working for the day and it's time to pick up a book or watch a TV program or Netflix binge or whatever, I would pour myself a glass of wine. And as soon as I poured my glass of wine, then I was done. And then I, after, you know, a few weeks of like, God, I got to go get some more wine. Um, I started going, okay, do you have to have wine? Like, is there another thing? So I, I started alternating it with a cup of tea. I was never a tea drinker, but I have found um, a red Royabus. I seem to love, love, love nice. it. And then I started to uh, explore other teas. And for me, I have certain symbolisms that signal for me change. And so we can do that in our life in other ways. Sometimes it's harder. Um, now I light candles and I pour a cup of tea, sometimes still a glass of wine. And for me, that's to shut off the work brain so that I make sure I have that balance. For other people, it's working through the subconscious, uh, why they are the way they are. Um, And sometimes we don't know. I like to think of myself as pretty self-aware. Years ago, uh, with one of my first books that I wrote, um, we were running a life coaching certification program at Indigo Lounge. And they, uh, one of the teachers said, hey, why don't you go be the student uh, or the client for one of the students to practice on? She said, come up with something where you're blocked. And I said, oh, okay, I know. I'm just way too busy to finish this book. Like, I just haven't got to it. It's been a few years. And like, it was totally my ego going, you're just so busy and successful and popular that you just can't finish this book. And meanwhile, they started peeling back the onion layers and there was a big ball of fear in there that I, who I think I'm quite uh, insightful to myself, mind you, this was, you know, several years ago now, but I, uh, I, I didn't, I didn't recognize that fear because it was hidden in my subconscious. And so once that came out and I was, I actually started crying going, Oh my God, I had no idea this was inside of me. I am afraid to finish this book. I'm afraid to put it out there and what they're going to say and yada, yada. So I finished the book. I actually went to her, um, one of the teachers as a client, a life coaching client. She helped me work through it. And I finished the book that summer. So sometimes our blocks aren't as easy as why can't we just get through it? It's because maybe we're not aware of why we're, we're doing certain behaviors. And is there a certain technique or something like what works the best way to tap into subconscious? Would you say, would it be meditation or what do you think? Uh, meditation for sure can be helpful starting to be more, um, questioning. Like, um, I was like, I was busy. I had just opened Indigo Lounge. Like it was only maybe a, a toddler at the time, two, three years old. Um, so I, uh, I probably was too busy and wasn't taking the time at the point at that point to figure it out. Um, but why not ask ourselves that question? Why, why did I eat that full bag of chips? So like, why did I do that? Like yeah. it tasted good, but it was kind of mindless and I was just on an autopilot. Um, you know, why didn't I stop? And, and maybe asking why, well, it was finding, I was getting soothed by it. I felt the repetitiveness felt calming. So that then we can figure out another way uh, to replace that behavior that creates that calm that maybe we're seeking. We have to investigate more. And sometimes that's not quite as easy as just saying, how do I feel in this moment? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I think that that's really great. um, Asking yourself those questions, making yourself more aware of your thought patterns and stuff like that. And it's something that I think our society could use more of. And it it really does heighten your level of self-awareness, which once you heighten your level of self-awareness, then a lot of the other wellness techniques become a lot easier to implement in your life. So I think that that's really awesome. And so what services, what services do you do specifically at Indigo Lounge? Do you do a little bit of everything or... Yeah. 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 Sometimes I'm in the kitchen cooking. Sometimes nice. I'm serving, not usually, but for we do a lot of special events like yeah. um, 
spirit says, like it's a psychic medium and a meal or cheers and charcuterie. I tend to do the big events, but then I teach yoga. I teach yoga for everybody. I teach mom and babies. I teach toddlers. I teach seniors. I teach chair yoga. I teach uh, faster yoga. I teach mindfulness and meditation. Um, I do energy work and I do life coaching, like where I have life coaching clients. And then um, I also am the facilitator for teaching like this weekend, we'll start a new program to teach people how to be a certified life coach. Um, And then I I run the business. And then I also have like side mindfulness where I do public speaking. Um, I'm a writer. I've written uh, five books and I'm working hopefully soon done um, on a book. I'm working about that missing piece, that spiritual piece that uh, sometimes we get confused with religion and it's Mm -hmm. nothing to do with religion. It's just something greater than us. We can get that in the forest. We can get that at the beach and watching a sunset. Maybe it's God. Maybe it's the divine. Maybe it's your higher power, whatever you want to call it. It's an energy bigger than us that gives us purpose. And it helps us to remember gratitude and compassion and kindness for our fellow human beings um, that that I feel like that's kind of the missing piece right now in our society. That makes a lot of sense, honestly. And and I think like whether it doesn't matter what you believe in, but I think you have to believe in something because when you don't believe in anything, like I don't even know how those people get through life because it's (laughs) you have to have something bigger to believe in to help you uh, for me anyways to help me navigate decisions I meditate on uh what decisions I'm going to make or I ask for signs or help or whatever I I don't feel like I'm navigating this life on my own because I don't feel like I'd be capable of that so (laughs) I get lots of help from the universe God everything Um, And, and what it does too is it gives us a sense of um trust yes. trust that we will be fine that we will yeah. be able to handle whatever we meet mm-hmm. uh, a trust in in humanity in each other yeah. um i i find it very sad when people go what is wrong with the world that the world has gone to hell and i'm like no. i don't know i had a really beautiful experience <laughs> yeah. earlier today with an individual and it was lovely and i was thinking yeah. people are wonderful so you know kind of back to what you said our perspective of um, our mindset. It's just everything. It really is. Yeah. It's so true. I love it so much. Um, So where can people follow you and find you and connect with you? Um, I'm on Facebook, um, uh, Indigo Lounge, uh, Wellness and Eatery. I think it's facebook.com slash Indigo Lounge 1111 because I'm a weirdo with numerology. Love it. Um, And then on my Instagram, it's indigo.lounge1111. And I have my personal page too, which I'm, I am welcome anybody to reach out Kelly Spencer. Um, I actually have a few pages uh, because, and that's not important. You can just reach out to Indigo Lounge, but I have like my political page. I have an author page and oh, I'm working awesome. on, um, some more book and publishing stuff coming up. So yeah, that's super exciting. I'm really excited for you. Do you have a a launch date for your book? Are you still kind of in the process of it? Uh, Finishing it. Um, It was a pandemic journey. I started interviewing my soon to be 90 year old aunt who is a spiritual guru in my opinion and has helped thousands of people um, in service. And I would, I would also suggest that people look at that. How are you giving back to the world? Yeah. When we can volunteer, when we can be of service to other people we we stop being so damn selfish and thinking yeah. about ourselves and feeling oh it's so hard and I know you know <clears throat> anything you can do to expand and understand that we're all in this together absolutely I think that that is that is the the real root of you know connection and fulfillment and and feeling like <clears throat> just overall good in your life is when you are serving others and 
uh, people need to know that because I think we lost a lot of that connection with social media and stuff like that, but <laughs> yeah, that... yeah, well lost the connection, like in some ways, social media, like I get to see friends from high school that I wouldn't sure. normally see and yeah. they've moved five hours away, but I get to kind of watch their families grow. Yeah. But in the other way, like I teach at the school, it's a whole lot easier to go, you're a jerk, you oh. know, and type it, push send and not so see that. True that emotional response to your words. Yeah, absolutely. That's so true. There's a yin and yang to everything. You just get to pick. Have you ever heard the uh, story of the two wolves? No, I'm I'm here for it. This is a great place to end it on perspective. Okay, perfect, perfect. Um, I, I might blow blow it because I'm just singing it off the top of my head. It just okay. popped in. But there uh, is a Cherokee chief and his son and our grandson. And he's trying to teach uh, the grandson, the chief, about the two wolves that live in each in each of us. And uh, the, the chief says to the grandson, um, there's one wolf that is jealousy. It's hate. It's selfishness. It's anger. And the other one is love and compassion and kindness to one another. And these two wolves within us are constantly fighting. Mm -hmm. And the little boy said, which wolf wins? And the chief said, whatever wolf you feed. Oh, that's so good. I love that so much. (laughs) That is a, that is very deep in a, and, and very true in, in every sense. Right. I've never actually heard that before. And I really love that. So I think that's a really great way to end the podcast. Um, but I do want to thank you so much for spending the time with me and chatting. I know that our listeners have gotten so much value and I'll link all of your, uh, stuff below to contact you and your website and everything, because I feel like everybody listening needs a little bit more wellness in their life and should go and check out Indigo Lounge and connect with you, Kelly. So thank you so much for joining us. And people can feel free to email me to uh, kelly at indigolounge.ca. If you ever want me to come to wherever you are, if you have a group, but you know, whatever. I love, like you, I love, this is my purpose. And I know that that's my, this is my purpose and I love doing it. So um, I love talking to people about it. So thank you for having me. Amazing. Thank you so much, Kelly. Appreciate it.